casual players would win out at that point. And, you know. That's how we're starting? Okay. Yeah, the, the casual players would be the ones in paper, and anyone competitive would just be online, because if we turned over to, you know. So casual, there's no intro. Yeah, Cont if, if, context if starts zero. If God all damn it. <laughs> if all Pro Tour stuff became digital and no paper whatsoever, I think that eventually stopped the buildup to competitive being in paper as well. What? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm okay with this scenario. I would prefer the scenario. I'm Darth Camgentes with this scenario. I'm still Darth Zero, just rambling on. And Darth Rictus putting up weird hypotheticals about what could happen if we shifted the game to deal with some of the outlying problems, such as shuffling and how long it takes and uneven amounts of time being taken by different opponents. And we've done that with modern or contemporary design. I mean, honestly, would you with, want... Uh, look at your top four and do your plan from hand into play draw card thing. I what mean, about my tactic of running out the clock? Huh? I win game one and I just clock out the round. So that's, that's a legit tactic. Rules, no, the, no, it is thing. not. Like you're not supposed to, though. There's no rule saying that you have to play to win. There is also only <laughs> one person I know that's gone to time with Mono Red, and he's sitting next to me. I, I've, I've done that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never seen that with literally. I, I'm not cheating. Else. I'm not stalling, but I'm intentionally not winning. <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you're having a game action. Yeah. It's like you're not supposed to be running down the clock intentionally on these things, though. And yet it happens constantly. Yeah, you, you, you can play to a draw. You just can't do illegal things. So when I've got my choices of like, hmm, I could play to advance the board state. My opponent's at nine. So like I got three burn spells. Nope, we'll kill their two creatures and pass the turn. Why? And they'll draw and pass to mine and I'll draw and play a land and pass the turn, not attacking. And I'll do that because I, I, I don't want to, I want to wind down the games as much as possible to either snag this at the end so there's not enough time for another game that was, that was, you know. Okay, so you're talking like game one where you know post-board you're fucked. Yes, that so, kind of thing. So you're just like taking as long as possible and then like only winning under total pressure. Yep, sticking it exactly to the rules. And then the 48th <laughs> minute goes by and you burn them out and two minutes left and we're sideboarding still. Oh, no, I didn't sideboard quickly. I'm not going to do that. You only get like a minute and a half anyway for sideboard. All right, you get 30 seconds then four turns <laughs> on game two. And you're mono red, so you're the fastest deck, presumably. Yeah. So you might even just draw the hand to win real quick. Yeah, that, that's kind of the tactic thought. And this is why I think digital magic <laughs> would be a stronger play for the pro tour for everything else. And, you know, like, I'm just I, saying it's a tactical the, thought. I, I have nothing against the tactic. I really don't. I know people will shit talk that tactic. I don't have an issue with that tactic. That's using the rules to your advantage. Opponent is free to concede. Right. That is correct. They are free to. Opponent is free to concede. Yep. A lot of people. Ooh, are they proud? <laughs> yeah. You know that whole sunken cost fallacy? Boy, does it show its fucking head when that happens. Oh, you know, sometimes the cost is pride, though. Yeah, there is that. There's <laughs> a lot of pride in this game, especially in competitive tournaments. There is. Yeah. On Arena, I've definitely been at points where I'm like, I am, there's no way I'm getting out of this against blue-white. But they don't have a win con yet, so I'm going to keep winding down and playing this out. I'm not just going to scoop. Because it'll take them about five, six, seven more minutes off their clock to win. <laughs> so this actual this uh, this scenario occur this occurred over the weekend. I was playing in the uh, pizza box open. And I was playing against blue white control, and I was on Jun mid range, and I knew I was fucked on game two, and I'd already won game one. Um, and they were featuring me on coverage, and they got so upset on coverage because I'm like, whatever, draw, land, go. I'm not scooping. Fuck you. Because the person sitting there kept thinking, I had like six lands in hand. Mm -hmm. They thought they could not swing. 
you know? <laughs> so they just sat there for the better part of 10 turns and they, they were contemplating. They, they lost, <laughs> I think it was nine minutes off their clock sitting there debating how to beat me and wondering what I had. Amazing. And so the coverage is going nuts. Like, what the fuck? We don't want to sit here and watch this. You know, like he's going to lose. We don't want to watch that. It's amazing. Right. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there like, I don't give a shit. Cause game three, you're going to have four minutes in your blue white control. I don't give a fuck. You can't beat me in four minutes. And you're like, this isn't the old, you know, paper where if we were one and one and it goes to time, like, no, no, you blow up. We're Gucci. I'll go to one. And I did. Yeah. And I did. I actually beat him. I beat the opponent fair and square on that one and got it in like three minutes. But I think that they did have to rush their decision trees. Stalling yeah. is actually easier to do on arena because you can't be penalizing your opponent by your own stalling. Right. Right. But you can still utilize yeah. the tactic. Right. And you the can, especially <laughs> if they have like a shitload of decisions to make every turn. Oh yeah. Uh, the number of times that I have tapped out my lands as they went into another phase. Cause I'm like, they're going to do combo stupid things and I don't ever want to deal with them uh, again. Yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they had four planeswalkers out. So they were just sitting there ticking up, ticking down, ticking up, ticking down. I'm just like, I don't care what you do. You can have, you can ult your Jason mill me for my entire library for all I care. Have you ever don't won care. one where you uh, cause a bunch of triggers to happen on their side? It doesn't help you win, doesn't do anything. It actually helps them a lot of the time, but it causes too many of their cards to trigger. I have meat hooked into a timeout <laughs> for somebody and blown them up on it. I've um, blown up somebody's like food token when they had a whole bunch of trail of crumbs in play. <laughs> like I couldn't interact with their board, but I could make their turn take forever. Nice. That's so funny. I think that's I think that's a really underdeveloped area of playing Magic is utilizing. Yeah, the I kind of misunderstood what you're talking about at first. I thought you were talking about like in the tournament hall, like stalling. There no, no, no. Versus like just on arena using the clock. You, utilizing the clock like if you're in real life I have played to the clock no stalling but that's because it's the same thing I did in arena there like there's not enough time I don't want this game to I've got one game win you're probably still going to win this I don't want to go to a third game I'm going for my draw or something right like because my deck is a complete dog in this matchup at games two and three and I'm like yep draw land not attacking go <laughs> yeah legit my favorite is when they stare at you like, what? Are, why? Why? And they're just looking at you like, what well, the they, fuck is they happening get here? It quickly because the judge gets called over like snap. Oh, dude, that it's never. Like, the judge like, he's just drawing, playing land, passing that the turn. takes more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've had a judge ever call to me for that, but I've definitely had an opponent stare at me. Well, at that point, what's their complaint to the judge? Like, judge, he's not conceding. No, uh, it's a pretty common one. I've called judges over too. When it gets close, judge, can you watch this? Make sure neither of us are slow playing. Because it's really easy to get locked in too much deep thinking and then realize you've lost your clock to get an extra turn to win the, win the match. Yeah, that is a thing. That is a thing. I've definitely I, I've judges. seen people tank and they're like at minute six and it's like, judge, seriously. And they're like, yeah, you have to make a decision. They're like, okay, okay, I will. There's like, you have 10 seconds now. They're like, okay, okay, I will. And it's like, one, zero, you haven't made a decision. Your turn's over. Okay, okay. Okay, your turn's over. Go ahead and make No, 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 I want to make. No. <laughs> Yeah, like gots to learn. I haven't been on the other side of that, but I've sat <laughs> at a match next to it oh. back in like gifts ungiven days. Oh yeah, those was, piles. Yeah, what, what was that? Was that Kamigawa? Kamigawa yeah. block. Kamigawa into future site. That was the big gifts ungiven pile. <laughs> no, but it was it was, oh, it was for just a block? Kamigawa block tournament. Oh Jesus! Right. <laughs> it was like the only time. It was 
Kamigawa Block was fun. That's why I was playing that tournament because yeah. you know you got to play all the bad cards that you can't play in literally any other. Well, didn't format. they just Block ban was still a series? <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't they just ban out Jitty and everything else is good to go? Kind of vibes. I think so. I don't remember, but like the the best deck in the room was Gifts Ungiven. Oh yeah, and it was like four or five color. Yeah, and dragons and all kinds of stupid shit, and motherfuckers would show up with that deck and not know how to play it with a gift some given deck. <laughs> oh no. And dear listener, if you don't know what that yep. is, it's an instant for blue and three. You search your library for four cards. Opponent chooses two of them to go in your graveyard. Two of those go in your hand, uh, but they have to have different names. Yep. <laughs> different names. So it's, it's a card that you can, if you play modern, I'm sure you know about it because of storm, but like it's a card that you can do a lot of things with. Oh, yeah. And in that format, people were exploring it for the first time because this wasn't good enough in standard. It was only good enough in block at the time. Yeah. So, these, yeah, these gifts, these gifts turns took forever. There weren't enough judges to watch for slow play. <laughs> the only time it worked in standard that I remember was the States when it was first dropped in Champions because Mirrodin, um, all that should have been banned at that point. And I got to say it was Grunge who was running Greater Good Gifts. And that was the deck for States that he was like the hot tech for state. It didn't win, but it was the hot tech was greater good gifts where you're playing the greater good enchantment and then dumping out dragons and oh, sacking them to greater good to yeah, draw cards that. and then lock people out with Yosai <laughs> and kill that them. Was, with that, man, that's old school. Yeah. I remember, I remember there being a, like that was putting a couple decks together. Cause there was just a straight up greater good with dragons. Right. Yes. And this was just like, yeah, let's throw some blue in there and fucking Kaiga's cool anyway. Right. Right. Hey, Dapper. <laughs> it, it turned into greater good gifts and it was like the slowest most ponderous way to win with dragons but damn it it was so much fun <laughs> dude slow grindy decks that suddenly win with just fat dragons is so funny now it's just an edh thing i, I don't think i've seen that in standard for a while but edh still yeah. loves it well the I last time we had in standard several times and like gotten all the fucking way to gold baby <laughs> nice that's 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 why i pumped the brakes on standard for a while so i can decay way or like any constructed decay way down and then just play the dumbest decks. Oh man, standard is so much fun right now. I, I played nine tier one archetypes tonight in the streamer showdown with uh, max damage, and it it was a blast. It was a blast. There were so many different ideas and things you can do. And like, yeah, the upper end is always going to be a Traxa right now, and the lower end mono red is back and in numbers. But uh, what you can do in the middle is what's fascinating. I have played one of these Atraxa decks now. It's the one that you sent to the group <laughs> chat. Oh, the domain list. <laughs> and dude, that it, it was so dumb because I was like, can I just like cast a spell a turn and it just wins because the last one's a Traxa? And the answer yeah. is yes. Yeah. It was stupid. It's it's like you're kind of not making that many decisions. Yeah. The only decision is, oh shit, for some reason I've got two Kiki Cheekies. How does this ha It never happens for any other deck. <laughs> right. But that deck, like that's how I won half the games was the end step trick. Yeah. End step make Kiki army. Okay. Yeah. The number of times I used herd migration to win with that deck. So many. So many. I don't know. It's it's a weird deck. I, I like it. It's not the best version of Atraxa, but it is where everybody wanted to start and justifiably so. Yeah, that's it's time for counter spells for sure. Right. That deck folds so hard to anything tempo oriented with a few counters. Mono Blue <laughs> loves that matchup. They just giggle and get a free dub. Uh, yeah, Mono yeah. Red also basically gets a free dub there. I've 
gone one in four against mono red with that list because <laughs> you you have ways to sort of mitigate them, but ultimately you have to draw pretty well. Well, do you have? I, I did you have play four, mono red uh, once, and I god handed them. I two owed mono red. Oh, you god handed and, nice. And I recognized that this was going to be an uncommon thing because normally, like the entire deck comes in tapped. Right. But I just got the magic hand that were like everything was on curve on time. Two like, two ley lines. Well, yeah. it, it was like one. I'm on the play. Right. And so I get to play like the Spara Triome. It mm. gives us Bant. Yeah. And then they play the enchantment that pings you for one and then gives a plus one uh, Kumano. Yep. Yeah. Thing. And it comes back to me. I untap play like a different Triland and then just immediately exile it. Yep. And then they go back and like play just a creature and pass back. And then I have some other kill spell. Yep. And they go like creature, creature, pass back and I sweep it. Yep. And then the next turn they do nothing, so I do nothing. And I just keep making land drops and yep. like Atraxa comes down and I'm at fifteen or more life. Yep. And something else you can stick in the Atraxa decks is you can start running Phyrexian uh Flesh Gorger to help in the red matchups. You you can for the five color build, sure. Um Well why play anything but you know, Joda style? I, because there are four <laughs> so there are four <laughs> other Atraxa decks that are being played. The other one that started that isn't good, but it is around occasionally. Is that the reanimator one? Boros reanimator. Yeah. But the good reanimator, there are three reanimator lists outside of that, and they are actually much stronger. There is Rakdos, Jund, and Grixis, and they all use Cruelty of Gix as a four of. And they play Fables, Blood Tithe, Harvesters, and uh, Lily of the Veils as discard outlets to get Atraxa in. And then they just Cruelty it out. And they beat the Atraxa mirror because of fucking Cruelty. Like I was, Amazing. I was playing domain and I'm like, oh, blah, 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 whatever. Like fable, uh, you know, like dump this attract. So I've got two more in hand than they cruelty it next turn. And I was like, oh, fuck. Now I'm facing an Atraxa and they've got reloaded their grip and I am on five lands still. I'm two lands out of Atraxa. So I got rolled a game doing that. And then the next game, they just blew my hand to hell with uh, dreams of steel and oil and duresses. And I was out. I was, you know, just didn't. Fantastic. Yeah. So the I think the there are three potential attracts built. I don't know if it's Jund, Grixis, or Rakdos that's the strongest. I'm working on Rakdos. My reason for that is that the biggest problem Rakdos used to have is that Grixis would just outvalue it with like corpse appraisers and shit. So like that, why wouldn't you run the third color? You can just get value cards in the third color. The man is amazing. But when you have attracts as your upper end, now you have something better than Corpse Appraiser. You can play the basically six for one card because most of the time you're drawing four or five cards off of tracks in that list. Or instead you go red, white, black so you can use the Nahiri Planeswalker too. What's the Nahiri for? Reanimating any of the creatures that you use along the way to getting to Atraxa or even like game recurring Atraxa. But here's the problem. All these Atraxa lists have been having issues with like mono red and mono uh -huh. blue. But if you play the Rakdos list, you're just playing the Rakdos deck and you take out the Invokes for Cruelties and you take out one of the three drops and dump in Atraxas. So you have a low to the ground shell with a better upper game. And that was the point of it is that it didn't fold to the, to the aggro decks the way yeah, Domain Yeah, I'm talking is that same style thing, but splashing white. You're a little more graveyard dependent. The beauty of this is that you aren't really graveyard dependent. You just happen to have an amazing combo you can... You can do. You also can just cast a tracks off the treasure tokens you get from Fable's shit. Yeah, that's why I like the, the white splash in, and I think it's doing everything that Rakdos 1 does, but you can freely splash enough white in there to run a Nahiri or two in the 75. What does Nahiri do? Uh, one red, one white, one Phyrexian, one colorless, so three mana and two life. And it starts with four or five. I think it's uh, it's five counters on it. It's zero ability as reanimate a creature or equipment. 
from your graveyard. Uh, it doesn't come into play. A token is created of it, and that thing has haste. End of turn, exile it. So you're losing the creature card or equipment card or whatever from your graveyard. You get a token that does it everything, which is really nice with the tracks because you just draw a bunch, you get other pieces. Or you recur silly little, uh, who's the vampire, the blood <laughs> harvester that pops things off yeah. on blood tokens. You recur stuff like that. And at the same time, its other abilities are like plus one, draw and discard a card, and like plus one, uh, something about attacking. I can't remember that one. <coughs> so it's like it's a backup card for your mirror matching and things of that sort. You know, just you're getting ahead. Well, shit, man. Ship me a list when you got it. I'm curious. <laughs> I am curious. I'm just trying to figure out what the best Traxa deck is because that's going to be the best, like, upper mid-range. Yeah, your, your white mana, and this is like four white sources and two Nahiri, one of the main ones side, and that's that's it. Interesting. It's just otherwise it's that red-black you're talking about. Okay, I'm fascinated. That's, that's what I like about Standard right now, though, is you have three... Uh, aggro-esque archetypes. You have mono red, you've got blue-white soldiers, and to a degree, the mono blue like gin list is tempo. It's kind of aggro these days. It's very quick to actually get the dubs in. So it doesn't feel like a draw new deck or any of the others. Really? It, yeah, it's pretty quick. You don't have to go past turn Nothing eight. Nothing quite feels like a draw new deck. Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> I usually win by turn eight after countering three or four things. It's It's not as slow as I thought it was going to be. So you have these aggro slash tempo lists and they're all tier one, they're viable. And then you go to the top of the curve and you've got like five attracts of builds to fuck with. Nobody knows what the best one is, but everybody's trying to figure it out. And that's the upper end of the echelon. But there's still room in the middle. And that's where I've been fucking with uh, Grixis Despair again, because the list is still just, it's house. It's so hard to deal with. And it's, it pays massive dividends because you have these easier matchups. You have blue white soldiers, you've got Hottie Jin, you've got Mono Red, and those are not difficult matchups for you. You are favored 60-40 at least, as long as you've built it correctly. But you get counters, and you get duresses, and you get everything else you need for the upper end of the Atraxa list, too. So you have the ability to combat them. The, the question becomes, what happens if it all devolves back into Grixis Despair versus Grixis Despair, which is where we were at right after Worlds, basically when we figured out Grixis, or I should say Nathan Stewart, the world champion, figured out Grixis was stronger than Esper. And we just live in an Ouroboros of shit. <laughs> well, there's got to be a solution, though, is what I'm thinking. A Mobius strip of dust. No, 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 the solution was many moons ago. That was white-blue and then white-blue-black. Uh... You mean Esper? Yeah, but there was, there was no Esper back then. The deck was called the Solution. Oh. I mean, I've seen an, a few Esper Super Friends lists that look interesting. I don't think Planeswalkers were printed yet. No, I mean recently. <laughs> this was like Invasion, I yeah, think. No, no, no. I, I mean, recently <laughs> I saw a few Esper Super Friends lists. Like, the new Jace is very powerful. I just haven't figured out the right shell for that card yet. I think the most exciting Planeswalker is the new Veraska. I haven't seen that. Agree. That, yeah, really that, card, is, that card is amazing. I think I'm, it's going to be wake, wake up like halfway into this season. I wanted one for a casual deck. I wanted to get one for, like, my Jund snack winding constrictor deck oh sure because so but there's 16 bucks yeah ah uh. so like it tells me people are playing them it's 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 black phyrexian black four yep and it's uh plus is a zero that like proliferate and draw and draw and lose a life yep and then i don't know it can kill shit and stuff but like the the plus ability basically proliferates and gives you cards it's yeah, it's zeros of plus. It's amazing in Super Friends. Have you? Do you know it's ultimate? It's ultimate so cool. It's ultimate is your opponent gets poison counters equal to the number they have 
from nine. Right, yeah. And that, so it result, it'll always put them at nine poison counters. So no matter what, next turn, it just still kills them. Yeah, proliferate game. <laughs> and the minus two is you turn, I believe it's a creature, but it might be other permanents as well, into a treasure. Yeah, right. you turn them into That's treasure right. tokens. That's right, because the Gorgon. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's like kind of the like an old school walker where the about five mana plus it and here's some advantage minus defend itself and yeah. something that basically wins the game. We haven't seen that in a little while, you know? It it really has a home in the Esper Super Friends, from what I understand. I've played against it once, and it felt a little win more in the context because there were three other walkers out, and you know what I mean? Once you get to once the Once the combo's walk, rolling, it's... <laughs> yeah. But proliferate, just proliferate happening every turn as you get more cards. It doesn't need to be other walkers. There's so many things you can proliferate <laughs> onto. Well, and there were rumors of a blue-black, like a Demir Poison deck uh, taking over. And I've I've never played against a good version of it. I've played against two bad versions and I rolled them. But uh, if there is a poison blue-black deck, that card is going to be the centerpiece of it. I don't think we've gotten enough pieces yet to to pull off legit tier one new poison toxic. They needed to make them. Drown and Icker an instant. That was a huge slap that it was a sorcery because you don't get to play the counter kill game effectively with it, with it as a sorcery. Maybe if you can make Sultai mana work. What do you what do you thinking comes in from green that you like? The rot priest guy and various other things, but mostly the one drop. I guess the four four with trample. Yeah, the four four decent. with trample's pretty decent. I'd want to look at it, but like I, I would really want to look at the the one two that every time they target shit they get poisoned. Yeah. I mean I do like the four four because it's three mana, it's a four four, it has trample, it has proliferate and toxic one. So you can proliferate real quick with Rask on that. Yeah, seems legit. Now this is where I'm excited about that new battle mechanic thingy oh I, god right I have a feeling that's going to involve targeting and multiple things of your own creatures and opponents which i think is going to make toxic better yeah i could see that rot priest could get busted yeah battle. I, I could see like something happening with battle that's subsections because i keep thinking it's going to be like magic has finally gained a game mechanic like shaharazad but without all the weirdness <laughs> finally we waited 20 years it just defines like <laughs> Yep. Okay, Rochambeau, whoever wins, gets five life and draws a Dude, I hope, I hope it has little <laughs> mini battles in the games and so people can get, like, initiative <laughs> confusion going on. Oh, God. I'm the monarch! <laughs> you could have monarch going, initiative going. There's, like, you could, you could do a lot. You could, do you remember Plane Chase? You could throw that in the mix, make Let's... it a fucking game of Emperor. How do, how do they keep track of all this stuff in Ooh, EDH the city's games? blessings. Um, you, you do it by smoking blunts. Um, okay. and death, death sticks all around. So, usually one person just keeps track of life and commander damage, <laughs> and that person is on the play. Is like the compensation. Is that, that really how it goes? The many tables I've sat down at is oh my like God. okay, like I'll do it this time, and then they're on the play at least. I did not A know lot that of, was. I've, how I've it was. seen the group of players. Everyone makes sure they have large enough things that everyone else can see. Yeah. And then they'll use something comical like a teddy bear or that to signify who's got what things. Like there's a teddy bear with a crown There was the, that if you needed it was the person who's the monarch. Yeah, there's, there's awesome. things you can do. It, it, it starts feeling and looking like a board game. Yes, very much so. Because they're usually uh, round robin or like a melee things. They're not normal one-on-one -on -one games. Right, right, it's like four people and it's usually just free-for-alls. I'm talking like six, eight, ten. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's way too this many is, people. This oh is people. This is people who play this getting together, 
because this is what they like doing. And they play, get like three of these in once a week on some night. And it's just like that's seven hours of their life. And that's what they're doing. I, I sort of get that. I once really enjoyed the <laughs> format Emperor. Like that was a really cool format in my opinion. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, I, I played a little bit here and there. It's still around. Right, right. But you have one person in the middle and, they, and then two mm -hmm. generals. And the generals attack other generals, and the emperor just tries to help the generals survive and get. Yeah, it was a whole. It was such a cool format. I think my favorite was the. Uh, you can attack, one to your left or one to your right. You can cast spells, and your spells affect, uh, to the left and two to the right. And it's, and you have like at least twelve people sitting around a table. So what you're doing is you're playing to whoever's the winner. So you're designing your decks. Everyone's playing at least like two hundred fifty cards. Are you doing concurrent turns where you have multiple people going at the no, same time? No, okay. uh, I've seen it done like that, but they catch up, so it's just not worth it. That's what I found. I was curious I mean, if you you've can, ever you seen it You can still do well. everyone's turns quick because no one's going to, or at least if someone comes with a slow, trudging deck, you know what other people are going to do? Assist the spells in to kill them. And I've watched it occur so many times. Just like, this guy's deck is stupid. You get the people two to your left, two to your right to help you and... Everybody <laughs> pee on his face. Yeah. Kick him in the face. Pee into the wound. But it makes like, you know, they're like, all right, so I'm going to kill off this dude to your left that's about to kill you. But just so you know, don't kill me off or else I'm going to come after you. Okay, deal, deal. So we, kill, so we just go left, I go right, and we just kill everybody else off? Yep. That's they make deals and stuff. And <laughs> Yeah, I saw Kibler has a new EDH show with his uh, wife and a couple of friends. And obviously the production value is pretty high because I think Wizards is halfway backing this one. And you oh, know. I figured they just like had an OnlyFans on the side and were using the same <laughs> shit. Shit, who knows, man. But yeah, the EDH game definitely looked like a board game. You know, it, it did not feel like magic so much as people just arguing arbitrarily over who hit who last and like, I don't know. It felt like the game of life, except with more steps. Oh, yeah, dude. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, there's the cards that exchange possessions and do things. I uh, like, what is it? War, world chaos or warp chaos oh, God. are the best in these type of four. Like you just, wee. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of silliness to be had. <laughs> and in many cases, silliness succeeds. Yep. Interesting. Cause it's, the decks, the decks are so fucking weird. There's just so many goddamn options. I and mean, some people sit down with a strategy of, no, I'm just going to play this little aggro deck that has no chance of actually winning this but I get to ruin a bunch of people's days. If somebody came with control, I'm going to ruin their day because I hate control players. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen EDH decks designed to make sure that they decide who loses first. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah. Oh. Ruthless. Uh-huh. They won't win, but Kylo Ren will lose. <laughs> this is so far beyond the scope of magic I've played in a very long time. It's been like two decades since I played casual. Get smashed in Vegas. I mean, you'll, you'll understand this perfectly. I have played EDH <laughs> in Vegas. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have like just a spot there? Or are we talking like the convention? No, this is just your playing magic. Yeah. With people in the yeah. town, Las Vegas. Because uh -huh. in Las Vegas, it's, you know, Vegas. So <laughs> Card tables everywhere. Yeah, you can, you can plop down and play and take up space pretty much anywhere. They don't care. Yep. I mean, are, are you drinking? Are you eating? Fuck, you know, as like, as are you having fun? As long as you're not actively gambling in some of their areas and you're spending money, they're happy to have you there. Interesting. Because if they're not get, getting a piece of the gambling, they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. I don't think, they, <laughs> like, if you're sitting there having fun and laughing, they're just going to leave it alone anyway. Yep. Because you're they, making their fucking casino cooler. They come by and go, drinks? And you're like, yes. Duh, it's <laughs> Vegas. While you're here, can you bring me, uh, I want nachos too. Yep, and, no and problem. Spit in my mouth, God damn it. <laughs> so, no problem, sir. I heard it, uh, Magic Fest <laughs> Philly, a.k.a. Pro Tour Philly. I guess that's what Magic Fests are Hello. now. 
Philip. <laughs> they uh, they had the whole bougie package for the command zone thing again. You know, like pay the extra whatever the fuck, and you can go to the private command zone. Except nobody actually was like a bouncer for the command zone, so people just flooded in and didn't give a fuck. Good. I know. Good. <laughs> Oops. There's like, uh, is anybody check? No. Who gives a shit? Let's sit down Oops. and play magic. That's what we're here for. <laughs> what are they gonna fucking charge people a bunch of extra money to just sit on the same folding chairs, but over here? Right. Right. There's <laughs> only <laughs> there's only so much space, and like this, this room's the expensive area. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I can think of exactly one person who would stand there and be like, "No, you can't." But Bill Stark cannot be everywhere at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's so accurate, though. <laughs> yeah. Although, if if there was a dais setting that I could like rent at Grand Prix oh. for between my rounds to go sit on, that might be worth it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'd just be like, "Why are you doing that?" Because I have a dais here. <laughs> I'm waiting for eventually where they have like so many levels of VIP that somebody can get carried in on a litter like a fucking hut lord. Your opponent has to be, be delivered to you in a private box <laughs> at your own private table. You have champagne on ice. I will pay the exorbitant <laughs> fee when they offer a back battle in Vegas. Then and only then. It's it's really the cost of a really common profession. Yeah, that's it's really not <laughs> that, that era, that's, that's not area, that hard to get yeah. done. Um, that's no, no. probably one of the least weird things that those particular professionals would be up to. That yeah, way. that's actually. Oh. No, no, no. I, I want it like very public, like gladiator style. The back battle at the at the bottom of the Coliseum. Then. Yeah, see, now you get into like licenses and all kinds mm -hmm. of shit. Yeah, know? somebody has to be filming. Otherwise, it's... Well, no, you can go back to the original now. Someone can still be filming right. in those situations. So you don't need to... You don't we're need back licensing. To the, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just you rent a room, oldest profession, yeah. some cards, and you're done. Right, but I want the room to be a gladiator coliseum. Okay, see, there's where... You that's, keep... that's where I'll spend the money. That's what I'm saying. When they give me a coliseum... How much Rick and Morty have you been watching? <laughs> Not enough. That's what I've learned. Shit, the new Mandalorian just dropped today, and I haven't even seen it. Oh, it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Isn't there a new Bad Batch too? Yes. Oh uh -huh. my god, yeah. it's also really good. Uh, see, right now Disney's competing with itself. Can it make Marvel cooler or Star Wars cooler? Star Which Wars. will occur? Star Wars. This this overlap kind of makes sense, though. The first <laughs> episode of Mandalorian is is a complete like let's set up the season episode. Ah. Uh. So like watch it before Bad Batch because it's nice to have like <laughs> some action because Bad Batch has an episode that develops a storyline from the fucking Clone Wars. Right. And, yeah. Man Mandalorian's just out there. Mandalorian's like, man, next week looks good. <laughs> There's a lot of really cool moments. Like, you're going to see when, when they go into hyperspace yes, and shit. Yes, that is awesome. That's the best part yeah. of that episode for me is what happens when they go into hyperspace. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's, like, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just, it's setting up all kinds of shit, and it's, it's going to make you, like, you will have so many things in this episode you notice and go, wait, wait, that's from, wait, 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 really? That too? Oh, you're bringing them in? Then? Wow. Fuck, we're going everywhere. Yeah. Well, now I'm excited. Damn it. Podcast over. No, No, dear listener, I wouldn't leave you just like that. Not with the blue balls. Everyone knows when this is being recorded now. Also fucking true, yeah. Yeah. Although we have varied when we've recorded them. Sure. It's just this specifically. You'll be able to figure it out. Very, very. This is not a hard mystery. Just the, the Scooby uh, Gang would have already gotten here. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, I'm so, going with Buffy. By the way, on that, not the Scooby Doo. That's Scooby Gang from Buffy. No, there's not episodes <laughs> of either of those today. God damn it. <laughs> there should be.
Whatever. I was watching Angel upstairs before this. <laughs> when are we going to get like the AI that just continues whatever animated series we want? It doesn't even have to continue. Ooh. It's already got the comic books. It could just make those happen. Ooh, but imagine if you could get an right. AI that just generates more of your favorite right. show. Like, hey, AI, I want you to pick up... Um, Firefly and oh, yeah. write another season for me, emphasizing this as a storyline. Yeah. It's kind of like we'd get interdimensional cable. Well, I mean, it's, it's like... I uh, feel that way for a long time because these robots write some weird, wacky shit. Yeah. I, I don't think they would get it down the normal way. I think you'd get some real weird interdimensional cable shit going, but it'd be fun. I don't know. Chat GPT. Challenge. Challenge extended. I found the fascist fish channel and I, I'm strangely, I'm still God. watching it. <laughs> I want what? season two of Firefly. <laughs> God damn it. And season three of dollhouse. And speaking of great things in the Joss Whedon world. Uh, so Sarah Michelle Geller, I was just promoting her new show. Like it was today or within the past couple of days. Buffy. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, but her new show is uh, like Buffy. a werewolf show. It's, I, I can't remember the name of it right now. Non-Buffy werewolf show? Yes, it's a non-Buffy oh, werewolf show. I want Sounds more like Buffy. it's Buffy by a different name. It, it is. It's That's what it's feeling like so far. Like but Buffy she promoted it on Instagram. Protection program or something. She's and got her shirt open and a mesh bra on and she's saying, now that I have your attention, come watch season five or episode five. <laughs> I mean, well done and yeah. Yeah, like all right. that's sneaky. I'll check it out for you. The first comment on there and what's gone to all the news sources now about it is that someone first typed, okay, who else zoomed in? Yeah. Like everyone? Yeah, that's is my guess. That's, yeah, all the news realizes that's exactly what everyone did. Is, is the second comment the one that just goes bonk back to horny jail with you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and I, I zoomed and it's, you know, there. So <laughs> bonk back to horny jail with you. Yeah. <laughs> it is Sarah Michelle Geller. Can't fault you. Can't fault you. The yeah. OG Buffy. Oh man, when you're in the middle of watching Buffy and then you watch her in Cruel Intentions, you can't look back at Buffy differently. You know, it's like you're you're different now. Bonk you yet again. <laughs> Bonk, you're hotter and I'm hornier. <laughs> yeah, Cruel Intentions really brought out the best part of that. Oh my, I'd forgotten all about Reese Witherspoon's what if innocent instead era. Instead, her power was doing cocaine in the hottest way anyone's ever imagined. <laughs> Like, you'd think that the hottest way to do cocaine would involve another human being's body, but it is not the case. No, no, it's it's a cross. <laughs> yeah, it's a crucifix. In, in, a, in, in a religious in like a, Yeah, in like a Catholic, Catholic school environment. <laughs> yeah. God damn. The number, what was the line? Like, every time I, I, I worry about the future, I just look to God. She's just <laughs> looking at her coke cross. Yeah. That was fucking perfect. <laughs> and the adults are like, wow. Wow, so evolved. Nope, just doing coke. It's great because right. it's a little scoop too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little spoon cross. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, that was so, so well done. That was the most memorable thing of the movie and, and by a very wide margin. Yeah. <laughs> second second most memorable would be the... Uh, I can do a headstand scene. <laughs> no, the gay individual that was uh, like converting the football player and laughing. Gregory? Yes. <laughs> that was the fucking second funniest part of that movie. I, see, I have no memory of anything that was, that was, but the Coke cross. Uh, what, that was Percy from Dawson Creek. Yes. I, yeah. I kind of <laughs> remember that the set pieces looked like uh, fucking Victorian royalty sort of looking yeah. shit, but mostly it was just like the hottest way to do cocaine ever <laughs> is all I took from that movie. Agreed. It was fantastic. Oh, man. And then like what undid her. At the, this is the only other thing I remember is that's what undid her. Like they caught her with it. And I don't know, like they were all so horny they had to kick her out or something. <laughs> I have no idea what the fucking problem was.
they all found out that she had been like manipulating everybody for a very yeah, long like her time. behavior was a big fucking problem but she got away with it throughout the entire movie until they found that she was doing sexy cocaine <laughs> and then all of a sudden like the spell was broken dude i don't know basically she had everybody in line all the minion everybody was in line and they either thought she was amazing or they feared her and then reese witherspoon brings her down by putting her diary out for everybody to see so now they can see the horrible and then Look, this is the plot of from this society. is the plot her of Heather's. Diary? Yeah, so she, she got outed by her diary by another girl, and then they busted her with fucking hot girl cocaine and like that. Well, it wasn't her diary. It wasn't her diary. It was her stepbrother's diary, if I remember yeah. correctly. The protagonist of the show because he dies. kept a diary. When he oh, died, okay. he left it to his his new innocent love. But yeah, it's the story of Heather's Jawbreaker, Mean Girls. It's that same sort of thing that occurred. It fits in those right ones where the power girl who's got dominance over everything. That's why Cruel Intentions had. Like two I, sequels, I which were that. actually prequels. I get that, but like it just it seemed like a weird thing to bring down like the queen bee. Yeah. It's just sexy cocaine. They they wanted an excuse to use that song, Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> That's how basically Gossip Girl took the formula of Cruel Intentions and wrote it eight seasons. <laughs> They're like, we're just going to have rich kids doing lots of drugs and partying and like there's queen bees and they all just keep going after each other, but somehow nobody ever really And falls. now there's euphoria. Isn't that... Yeah. Isn't that and like new gossip girl. That, that fun, like, isn't that like what the housewives of whatever and whatever, is that basically the formula for those shows as well? The real housewives of wherever? Yeah. Kind of. Is, is it like that, except they're like in their 40s? Kind of. Yeah. It's, it's more reality show based. They, There's a lot more sex in the city. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more that. There's less staged drama and more stupidity drama. I think that's the best way to put it. Like, you could call it stage, right, it's, but it's like watered down. It's so fucking dumb. reality it's, TV. It's a, isn't it like just queen bees chasing each other down? Basically, yeah. it's a sitcom. Yeah, yeah, it's got more sitcommy vibes. Every episode doesn't really have an arc. People are just doing shit, and then the episode ends, and they're all still in the same house. And then the next one starts. Like Real Housewives house. is is you know stage drama, is, but is reality like, TV still happening? Oh yes, yes. Oh my god, That's yes. Still people love it. On what? Like, where do you watch? A lot of it is shit? the Netflix. Netflix. Netflix has a shitload yeah. of it. People <laughs> love it. People no. Fuck, oh my god. And don't Dude, for, really? Don't I, I got sucked into one on accident because uh, K3PO loved. What was Anyone it? can get sucked in. I went to college. I watched so much of that shit, and I hated every second of it. But like, there you are, and it gets you. If you hit enough death sticks, it'll get you. Is what I yeah, learned. Because like, I, I was uh, laying there just chilling, and she put on Married at First Sight, where they literally marry you the first time you see somebody. I couldn't watch that. I mean, I watched Jersey oh Shore and I couldn't watch what you just talked about. <laughs> oh my God. It was wild, but I couldn't but you, stop because yeah, it was so that's toxic. The problem is like the minute, the minute you pay attention for like, just like, don't follow the lines. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I was like, it doesn't even exist anymore. Oh yes. Because I remember that like there was that episode, that uh -huh. episode of WandaVision that was like a 2010s style yeah. reality TV show. Yeah. And it made me wonder like, is reality TV gone? Like did the pandemic end it? Is there enough? Because there's so much so much. we got two Star Wars things that came out today. People are watching reality TV. You've got to be fucking fisting. Well, don't forget that some of the most popular things on television are still Masked Singer and Who Wants to Survivor is still going. Yeah, Survivor. Those still are still going. Big, Season heavy. thirty something. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. Huge. But that's on like prime TV, time, right? And it's on every and station on Netflix. Online. Netflix yeah. picks up those when yeah, they Netflix run out. Picks up this. It's still huge. <laughs> yeah, reality TV is bigger than ever, man. I, I figured it is like on cable for 
whoever is brain dead enough to be sitting down and watching cable. No, no, people choose to do that. <laughs> Millennials uh, have overwhelmingly embraced reality television because... Oh, that happened a long time ago. No, 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 but the, the... Gen Z likes it too. The awkwardness is what they push now in reality television where they used to do more of the Real Housewives thing where like all these people kind of know how to socialize. No, no, no. Now they're doing shit like Married at First Sight where these two people can't find anyone to fuck them. We'll put them together and see what toxic shit they do. As well as if you're like <laughs> an Instagram or an influencer type person who's going that, one of your big pushes would be once you get big enough that you get a reality show. Yep. That, that's the same shit that like our generation has been doing since the beginning. Though. Yes, yes. Yeah. Back in like the very beginning of college, I remember the Jersey Shore parties and oh, yeah. shit like that. And yeah, they just repackaged it for uh, awkward yeah. social. So it just kept happening. Correct. Now it's just awkward, more awkward, more technologically advanced. But like the right. people College are with, has been over for a long time. But now they have the option. For to everybody, make, though, too, they can make seems. random new reality shows where they stick them in a house of people who've been on other reality shows. Yes, they do have so reality many. all-star shows yeah. now. <laughs> so reality have, all-star shows. Like 50-year-old people that were like real-world cast members yes. from the late yes. 90s? Yes. Yes. Jesus. Fuck. And they're still trying to find relevance on reality all-star shows. Yeah, clearly they are finding relevance. Fucking we're talking about them on our goddamn magic <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it's still a thing. It's still a thing. I I spent one night watching that Married at First Sight and the next day I woke up, I'm like, never again. Okay, but like never again. <laughs> of all the things to choose, I I I totally understand it's well, on getting sucked into it. That's happened to me a million times. What I don't understand is i will explain it real quick why would you choose it and i'll tell you exactly why do you know what is reality, reality television the great british bake-off and that is that like a cooking show yep yep don't you at least like learn how to cook shit nope. though? <laughs> not even a little no it's there's they three judges. the recipe it's like iron <laughs> chef but british and that's it's watching these people cook and having other people walk by and go oh 20 minutes left how's that coming along oops and, looks and like it's like, going to fall Fucking three people eat it, and the two of them are like, I don't know, it's pretty good. And then there's one that's awful. It's like, fuck you. They're like, you. yeah, and you don't advance, and you do. Yep. And sometimes it's Gordon Ramsay, and sometimes it's someone who gets paid less but does the same shtick. Yep. It's that wow. kind of thing. Formulaic and still working. And huge numbers. It's I like guess, no, yeah. Netflix number one. It's on every time a new episode hits. Yep. <laughs> And it's got, I don't know, like seven seasons? Five? The top 10 of know. Netflix is most often reality television shows unless they have <laughs> something like, uh, what was it, Wednesday? Yep. You know, unless they have a banger of a fucking show hit, it's just reality TV in the top 10 typically. Damn. Or stalker shows. Those have gotten big. Yeah, which is helping some documentaries stalker. step oh, up a like bit. about stalkers? People love murderers and stalkers and they don't like rapists yet, but they're, they're definitely in on murderers <laughs> and stalkers. Uh, Ted Bundy. You know, they, they oh man, the romantic they so mad about the romanticizing of that, oh, right? Right, but like, yes. it's, I, he did a lot of raping, it's just yep. he, he did a lot of killing, too. Yeah, it's just all about where the emphasis is placed, you know. They go for the murdering on that one, less on the raping, <laughs> I guess. If you're trying to make him sexier, yep. yeah, it, sound, it seemed like that was the goal with that. No, that was the goal, that. Boy, <laughs> the goal was achieved with that. Well, they made Zach Efron Ted Bundy, so yeah, yeah, well, shoot, I, I remember people were like. Horny and upset. Yeah. Did you see and the sometimes uh, both at the same time? Netflix special for OJ Simpson. Are they going to make that one horny too? They already did. Oh, are you well, talking about the Cuba Gooding Jr.? Okay. Yes, that was actually Cuba. a really decent yeah. one. Uh, what's his oh. name? Ross from Friends and, yeah. and stuff like. Oh, it was well done. <laughs> it was well done, but you're going like you made this a whole lot. I don't. I should really be hating him a bit more. <laughs> yeah, they made OJ way fuckable in that show. That was not a great job on that front. 
He like Yo, it, Kardashians? It Cuba, it's Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. You know what I mean? Like they just they made him more charismatic and then they're like, now you're OJ, but super charismatic. I, I almost <laughs> wanted to be like, I expect better from Cuba Gooding Jr., but then I was like, he was in Pearl Harbor. Right. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ben Affleck was in that, I believe. Yeah, but I like don't expect Josh better Hartman. from Ben Affleck. I remember like when Ben Affleck was Batman, I was like, holy shit, he was great. Yeah. That is not what I saw coming. <laughs> no, no. I, I expected something very mediocre. Like the most comic booky, like bulky Batman. And oh man, he fucking killed it as Batman. But he made so many fucking atrocious movies prior to that and since probably. But. You think his next movie is going to be atrocious since he's been given a movie in DC? What's it going to be? Uh, they've not announced it yet, but part of I think it's part of his contract because they're not giving him Batman anymore. They had a deal giving him a uh, like directing thing, like they just written into his contract. I think he was going to direct a Batman movie, but since could, his I Batman's think he could tossed, make like a good yeah, dude, like Argo, fuck yourself was sick. I mean, yeah. if that was a comic book movie, that would work, and that's, that's how comic book movies are now. Like you just do kind of a genre, and then I don't know, it's fucking Blue Beetle, right? That's what it's I'm wondering, Argo, like, but with Blue Beetle, and we know Blue Beetle's coming into this. By the way, they have verified that that's going to be a a player. And the Ooh. start of the new DC. So we get to see what Batfleck is up to next. Maybe. Actually, uh, Batfleck is going to be in the next, in the Flash movie for a bit. Yep. Oh, because they have to do all the cameos and get rid of all the people yeah. in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, it looks sick though. They've got him in uh, the gray and blue Batman suit. Mm. And that has always been nonsense to me that Batman would ever wear that. Yeah. Except it's like a middle of the day shot. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that blends into Gotham when he's like, going to Subway for lunch. <laughs> and I forgot that like you go back to Adam West and like that's what he did. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. Like the mayor called him and he showed hey, up in the middle of the day with Robin and he goes to like, a hippie you're convention. the homosexual in town, but you're the only one who follows the rules and punches people. So <laughs> there's a bunch of hippies taking drugs and he comes and has a dance party with them at one point. Yeah. It was great. I've never seen the old Batman movies. Oh, you, it's, you got, no, it's not movies, it's, it's not TV really series. It's not really even Batman. Like the origin movie. story is that he's a CIA operative or something like that. <laughs> what? He's like, he's a G-man. Interesting. In, as Adam West. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's an extra thing for you. They did one movie in it and the movie starts out at one point with Batman punching a shark and then using from his utility bet his shark repellent spray. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yep. Yeah. I kid you not. While he's hanging off a helicopter. Yeah. But he punches it. the shark and sprays it. Oh, that's campy as fuck. It, it was, it's pure he was camp. so over the top. And he was such camp. he was such a nervous Batman. Oh. <laughs> like like Catwoman made him nervous. Everything made him nervous. You've, you've seen Family Guy, right? Yeah. yeah. The mayor that he plays on that, yeah. where he played, that was his Batman. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a wild version of Batman. Just sands a little bit of the perversion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but like, otherwise, imagine he, he was like nervous yeah. instead of kind of pervy the way he is on Family Guy. Was. Super, was, yeah. super dead now, isn't dead. he? Long dead. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, they got the, who's the cowboy dude? The old Marlboro dude. You know what I'm talking about? He was in the uh, 70s show Western remake. I don't know. Sam Elliott? Yeah. They, they have him as the Marlboro new. guy, was he? I don't know. He's but, frequently associated with cowboys. Yeah. yeah anyway, he's he, the he new. He played like a Marlboro but, guy. And yeah, thank I, you I knew for what he was talking about, though. It's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. He's the new mayor and family guy now. Yeah. Uh, okay. For now. For now, you know, <laughs> and they're then, just picking old people that'll die. Well, that's he what has you do. been old since fucking... 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, okay, remember how old he looked in Tombstone, and that was 1994. Yeah. How old is he? He's in like his... He's a ghost rider. <laughs> I which is literally wonder. true, actually. He is the original ghost rider. I believe he's in, in his ghost 80s. Rider. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, he's living up to it. He passes it off to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Dude, no. could they bring Nicolas Cage back as Ghost Rider and just make it good this time? That would be awesome. Like, Interesting. There were some moments in Ghost Rider 2 where like clearly no one cared. Right. And they just let Nicolas Cage go like Caster Troy nuts. Yeah. And... That, like that movie was still bad, but there there were like <laughs> moments. There were moments where you could see Nicolas Cage just giving it his fucking Nicolas Cage all. Did it and work? No. Okay. That's, that's kind of like I want to see. I want to see him get another crack at that. If it had worked in that, that movie would have worked. It would have become a cult, you know, kind of movie. It would have. Yeah. I mean, the way the Nicolas Cage movie about Nicolas Cage is becoming a cult movie. So like it, in, in that's because it's just so in meta. Ghost Rider two when he Pedro transforms Pascal. into Ghost Rider, it's kind of like you're watching Cranked. Fair enough. All right. And that's how he plays it. Okay. Okay. I've never seen the sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel. I saw the original. I'm still not recommending it. Don't, I just remember don't. it. I don't know. I saw the original. I was like, this is going to be so cool. And I watched it. I was like, ah, it's okay. You know my it's love whatever. of like really campy bad. and kind of bad things when they just get so bad that it entertains? This movie's not one of those. No. This isn't Spring Breakers? No. No. Damn it. <laughs> there, this, there's it no James Franco is what I've learned. <laughs> I want him to at least have Nicolas Cage just hand it off to someone else. Mm -hmm. Like he, he gets to be the Sam Elliott this time handing yeah, it off to, was he Johnny Blaze? Who cares? I think he was Johnny Blaze. Does anyone fuck, fuck Johnny Blaze? You know, whatever. <laughs> at some point, Johnny Blaze takes over hell. That'd be kind of interesting to have him be like the Johnny Blaze that like beats the shit out of Mephesto and takes over hell. <laughs> and so for a while, the Avengers can like, if they really need to call upon the powers of hell for help, That'd be funny. You guys know way more about this lore than I do. Yeah, I'm just enjoying comic movie books by as a kid. No, no, I didn't. I read zero comic books as a kid. Oh, damn. My I very first comic more as an adult. <laughs> Honestly, the first comic book I ever read, uh, you handed to me in college because you handed me spawn way back in the day. Yeah. And that was the very first comic book I read. I'd never actually read one before that. That was one of the first I'd read. That's a good one. I enjoyed it. I don't remember all of it, but you know, those were the rum diary days. So I don't remember much of anything. <laughs> it was all a beautiful blur. The younger you are and the closer to the nineties it is, the cooler spawn is. Fair. <laughs> if you're like 13 and it's the year 1999, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, it was still pretty cool in 2009. Right. You were a lot closer to the 90s I'd kind and of a lot, lot closer to being a teenager. I'd lost interest in it at about 96, 97, you know. Yeah, but you're a thousand years old. <laughs> you're Argo Strider. <laughs> Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> good night, bitches. Uh, yeah, it's a good sign off point. Cool.